Who are the biggest rookie winners after the 2023 NFL Draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, the NFL draft is over. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling exhausted. My brain wheels just have been continuing to spin all weekend with no signs of slowing down. But Marcus, we had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of really interesting picks that totally destroyed the value of all of our fantasy teams. Um, Had DeAndre Swift traded to the Eagles this weekend. Like we had a lot of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be here all week long with Matt and Ryan to discuss all of the juicy deets and what to make of it. Uh, who, who are the winners? Who are the losers? What veterans uh, maybe came out of this unscathed? Yeah. Hint, not a lot. <laughs> there aren't many, but it's going to be, it's going to be a really, really fun week here at Locked on Dynasty. So yeah. don't forget to subscribe. Yes. All right. So today we're going to be positive. We're talking about rookie winners in a class that maybe didn't have a lot of them, but uh, Kate, who was your biggest rookie winner uh, after the draft? This uh, rookie winner isn't going to be a name that I feel like is talked about a lot, but Kendra Miller to the New Orleans Saints round three, pick 71 overall. And it, Marcus Kendra Miller came out of this process as one of these running backs who had, I think in my eyes, like true workhorse potential at the next level. Now he's headed to a backfield that, like, yes, has Alvin Kamara, right, mm-hmm. for now. Um, might not be all that long for the making. Should be facing a suspension in the 2023 season. But, again, has, uh, you know, plenty of touches on his body, has plenty of wear and tear here, is aging. Like, this should be a, an offense that's going to have some opportunity open up regardless. You have Jamal Williams, who – I mean, coming off the best season of his career, but uh, again, like Jamal Williams, he also is continuing to age right Mm -hmm. in, in this process. Um, He'll he'll be going into his age 28 season. And this is like 2022 was his sixth season in the NFL. Marcus, like he's had plenty of touches on the, on the, on the tires here over a thousand career touches, but generally speaking, like we haven't seen him prior to last season, take on a big worker workhorse role. He's filled this complimentary role a lot. And I think suddenly we see with the Detroit lions, like maybe they gave a lot of those touches to Jamal Williams. Cause they just mm. really hated Deandre Swift. Like you've got Kendra Miller coming in at TCU. He was so freaking productive. He's got that, Big bulky frame, which mm-hmm. not a lot of these running backs have. Five eleven, two fifteen. Um, you know, like just has the the body of uh, a, a traditional back, NFL right? running back. Yeah. Like it, he's young; he won't turn twenty one until June. Like and that's a huge benefit. He, he, well, yes. 
The the other thing, Kate, that we should mention is when we were talking about Kendra Miller kind of pre-draft, we were wondering, like, is that somebody who goes late third round, fourth round, or maybe even a little bit later? The draft capital matters, right? He, not only did he get picked in the third round, he got picked pretty high in the third round. He went 71 overall, and that's – I mean, that's fantastic draft capital for somebody that we thought could maybe be the – Eight, seventh, eighth, ninth running back off the board. So in that way alone, he's a winner. For sure. And like I said, I do think the opportunity is going to be there. I know people are very high, of course, on Jamal Williams after his incredible season. But like he brings a lot of size. He brings a lot of, of I think, potential uh, in terms of like, a, you know, a, a true workhorse skill set. Mm-hmm. Um can certainly stand to expand his game as a receiver wasn't super involved there at TCU, but um, you know, again, I think this is, you know, maybe one of the few guys in this class, especially given the, the landing spot where you can see him handling 250 touches in his rookie season, ranked 12th in missed force tackles last year at TCU 13th in carries of 15 or more yards. Like, this guy can be pretty explosive 12th in yards after contact, like pretty underrated pick in my opinion. And I do, I think the pathway for opportunity, just so much more clear than I think the depth chart would make you think. And even if it's not for 2023, like it's very realistic that we get to the 2024 off season and Kamara and Jamal Williams just aren't on this team. Right. And it's Kendra Miller and maybe somebody else they bring in. That's what you're excited about here on top of the third round draft capital on top of the situation behind one of the league's best offensive lines. I think there's a, there's a lot to like with Kendra Miller. I will say right now uh, on dynasty league football, we saw him uh, being ranked for the most part outside the top five running backs kind of going in to the NFL draft. He's being ranked at RB five right now behind B. John Robinson, Jimmy Gibbs, Devin, a chain, Zach Charbonnet, and now Kendra Miller at five, pretty comfortably. Does that feel about right to you? Uh, that feels right to me, but I'd, honestly, I'd be comfortable taking him at probably RB3, RB4. That's how well, much that's I like because... Kendra Miller. That's how much I like the opportunity. But that, that Marcus, comes back to uh, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, we're, we're not spot. talking about Charbonnet of this show. Spoiler, nope. <laughs> spoiler. Because he is uh, not a winner. But... No, unfortunately not. Ugh. Oh, well. Kate, uh, I want to give you my favorite. I mean, not only the guy that I think is the biggest winner from this year's class, but one of my favorite picks when we get back. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You've absolutely got to try this. If you're like me and you're trying to get a little bit healthier as we get into summer, uh, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, you're not even going to know that these are good for you. You've got to try it. Real dark chocolate, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. Plus, they come in so many unbelievably great flavors such as peanut butter brownie, churro, and cookies and cream. Now you don't even have to wait to get Built Bars. You can still go to Built.com, order over there like I do, or you'll get the three bar bo- three uh, boxes of the uh, the cookie dough, still my favorite. 
But if you need them right now, which I get it, sometimes you just need your fix, go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you live near a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. Thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, Matt and Ryan will be talking about the biggest rookie losers. Uh, I got a feeling Zach Charbonnet might be a featured member of that show, so make sure you check it out. All right, Kate, my uh, my biggest rookie winner, it's tight end Michael Mayer, who, when we did our pre-draft shows, there's some controversial opinions on him. Some people had him high, like I did. Uh, some people had him lower, but I think this landing spot with the Las Vegas Raiders is awesome because not only did they want him, they tried to trade up inside the top 20 picks to get him, but he's going on to a team that only has Austin Hooper and OJ Howard blocking him right now, which is basically to say nothing in front of him. I think he's going to be a day one starter. And okay, we know that Josh McDaniels knows how to get tight ends involved in the passing game. And I just think it's a perfect fit for the Raiders as soon as this season. Yeah. I think the opportunity should be, you know, relatively plentiful, especially given these tight ends ahead of him. But I mean, just all over the field, Michael Mayer can find ways to win um, over 800 receiving yards in each of the last two seasons. You know, he's going to be a viable uh, touchdown threat because he's got that uh, nice big 6'5", 250 pound frame. Yep. Like he's going to be, I think, a, a, a difficult player for opposing teams to cover. Uh, but also he just, he feels like such a safe pick and it, like for the Raiders uh, to have been so aggressively pursuing him yes. uh, that early in the first and having him fall to them in the second, like, I, I, you know, at that first opportunity that they had pick 35, like that's really nice value here yeah. for a guy that was the very heavy favorite to be the first tight end off the board. Uh, and on top of that, the Raiders have a lot of weapons that should help draw coverage away from him, right? Devontae Adams, they signed Jacoby Myers. They still have Hunter Renfro. They've got a good rushing attack. I won't be surprised if he comes in and he's efficient right away. On top of that, Kate, and we're not going to get into rookie losers, but just look at the other tight ends that were drafted this year and look at their situations. Like Don Kincaid, he's going to play with Dawson Knox, who just got a monster contract from Buffalo last year uh luke musgrave also went to a team that drafted tucker craft darnell washington went in the third round he's got pat fryermuth ahead of him on one of the slowest offenses in the league like all the other tight ends are going to be kind of blocked by similar caliber players yeah i i think this is definitely like a very easy easy pathway to success and like He's already got all of the tools, I think, that are going to make him very successful, especially as a receiver at the tight end position. He, you know, arguably the best route runner uh, among the tight ends in this class. Like he's he's a willing blocker mm -hmm. like that's going to keep him on the field. But that versatility, I think, is going to be key. And Josh McDaniels, as you mentioned, is a guy that knows how to utilize that right yeah. out of the gate. All right. Who's your next rookie winner? Ooh, Marcus, who is my next rookie winner? I I think probably got to talk about Devin A-Chain, mm. right? Sure. Interesting fit. Um, not like a guy that's going to necessarily topple over my rankings, but 
the pathway I think could be there um, for some, some touches. And I do think from a scheme perspective, couldn't have found a, probably a better fit or a, a, like this pick came across the screen and I was like, Oh, of course, Miami dolphins, Devin a chain. Like he fits their prototypical running style, like to a T they love these super explosive, super fast running backs. Um, And that is exactly what they get with Devin a chain. He's a a home run hitter can break away at, at, on a dime, he ran a four, three, two, 40 yard dash. Um, thought it would know, be faster. Thought it would be faster, but like we know the, that the game speed is it's just, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. And I mean, when you look at what they're generating in that offense between these receivers, between, um, you know, Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill, like, yeah, that's going to spread out. Uh, you know, you're going to have to mm-hmm. spread out some coverages there. And I do think that's going to open up a lot of lanes for a guy like Devin A. Chain. And like he might not be the most consistent back on a week to week basis, but because I, I think what you're gonna have to rely on is is more so these breakaway runs as opposed to uh maybe you know a, a high volume like a Kendra Miller. But I, I mean kind of like Raheem Mostert the last yes. six years, right? <laughs> Who just so happens to have a history with Mike McDaniel. Like he's never gonna be somebody that gets 18, 19 touches in a game. But you give him 14 carries on one of the most explosive offenses in the league, watch out. Yeah, I, I just think this was such a seamless fit, and it made so much sense. Um, it was the most duh pick that, like, I can't believe I didn't have a chain to the yep. Dolphins. Like, just it's, It made so much sense, stone. right? It was just, it was seamless, and I, I think he's going to have a lot of really interesting opportunities. Okay. But the upside for a guy that can just break away these plays incredibly high. Would you be surprised to know that he's now being ranked as RB3 among rookies uh, by Dynasty League Football? That's a little rich for me. It is rich, but I think that shows a class, right? Like, obviously, Robinson and Gibbs are the clear-cut top two. And then after that, it's pick your flavor, right? Do you want a speedy guy? Do you want somebody that's blocked by one of the best running backs that came out of last year's class? Do you want to take Kendra Miller, who's blocked by Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams? I mean, interesting, interesting rookie running back class. Uh, Kay, I've got two more winners. One is very sexy. The other one is that. Which one do you want first? Oh, we got to go with sexy, because then I just want to cap off the show with like a, a giant banger. Okay. It's Rashi Rice is the biggest yeah. winner among all the receivers for a couple different reasons. Number one, we liked his tape kind of coming out of SMU. We thought, you know, maybe third, potentially fourth round draft capital because of some of the character concerns that were being rumbled about. Not only did he go on day two, Kate, he went at pick 55. And not only did he go at pick 55, but the Chiefs traded up. To get him, they went from, I believe it was 63 or 64, uh, sorry, 63 up to 55, which isn't as, uh, uh, I mean, that's a pretty significant trade. And now you're pairing him with Patrick Mahomes. And I got a feeling that he's going to be playing in the slot, which means we're going to see him getting a lot of valuable targets. Yeah. I like looking back at my initial notes for Rashi Rice, like, uh, here, here are my my key moments. Splash plays that will make you melt. 
route running can feel a little bit lazy, but super nice to have on scramble drills, which, you know, that's going to be straight up money for Patrick Mahomes, who lives Mm -hmm. to extend every single play. When a play breaks down, I thought that was one of Rice's strong suits was, you know, just being able to vibe with his quarterback and get on the same page and help that quarterback live to see another down, which that builds a lot of trust, right? A lot of trust with your, with your quarterback. And that will earn you targets. He could be a little bit sloppy, not like the best separator. Like there are times where I thought his route running just looked a little bit like eh, lackadaisical. Maybe honestly reminds me a little bit of Juju. Like seriously, like that was kind of my comp coming out of SMU, somebody who played on the outside that kind of projects into the slot in the NFL. And we saw what a pretty banged up Juju did this year, almost had a thousand yards with the Chiefs. Yep. The other thing you've got to we've got to realize here is Travis Kelsey is not going to be around forever, right? At some don't say that, Marcus. Well, don't you? I mean, it's not like he's going to die. It's just at some point (laughs) his his play is going to drop off, or he's just going to retire. And that's going to open up 150 more targets for this offense. I think if you draft Rashi Rice and you're patient, you could be getting a low-end wide receiver one down the road. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. <laughs> like, there's bye, not, Rashi Rice is what we're saying. Bye, Rashi. Bye. Bye, uh, bye, bye. I've got one more winner. I think, Kate, you have one more winner as well. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about some of our final winners from this draft class. All right, Kate, who is your final winner from this uh, year's NFL draft class? I would be remiss if I didn't find one more opportunity to talk about Tank Dell. I just need mm, one yeah. one more shining moment. But uh, Tank Dell, like, we know the size has been a concern. He's a very small wide receiver. And – like didn't necessarily turn heads at the NFL combine, like should have probably been uh, much faster than mm-hmm. he was uh, in terms of his 40 yard dash time. Just didn't like look n- nearly as explosive uh, as you would have projected him. But I mean, despite the fact that he's five, eight and 165 pounds um, and disappointed at the combine, he still came in with some pretty nice draft capital, went to the Houston Texans round three, uh, pick six of the third round. And can I add something in really quickly there? Yeah. Not only did they draft, I think he was the eighth receiver off the board, but this is a guy the Texans traded up to get, right? So it's clear that they liked him a lot and they didn't want to risk losing him in the third round. So they, that matters, right? When we're talking about these receivers, if they got that kind of conviction on a player that they're willing to give up draft capital to go get him, means they like him a lot. It means they like him a lot and like for good reason, you're going to have a, a quarterback, uh, a rookie quarterback who, I mean, the, the cast of characters, it, it's going to be an interesting mix. Maybe we see John Mechie back this season. Um, You know, you have Dalton Schultz, like there's, there's some interesting names uh, there in Houston, but Tank Dell, I think immediately comes into this situation and could see himself playing full-time out of the slot, which could yield him mm-hmm. uh, a lot of targets, especially knowing, uh, like, let's look at C.J. Stroud's uh, slot receiver um, over the last two seasons, obviously, was was injured last year, but um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like, one of the most, you know, productive receivers yep. when you had C.J. Stroud throwing him the ball. I think Tank Dell immediately slots in there, and 
I've said it one times, if not a million, I don't know if that's a saying, but like <laughs> everything that Tank Dell lacks in terms of his size, he makes up for in terms of his route running yes, and his ability to separate. And I think that's going to translate here, especially with a guy who's, who knows how to utilize these slot players. I, I would say I was on another podcast a couple of days before the draft and we were talking about my favorite player in the draft, which is Tank Dell. And I said, I really hope he goes to a team that has a somewhat stationary quarterback that can just feed him the ball quickly, right? That Because that that's my fear is that he was going to get to a team with an athletic quarterback that just doesn't throw him the ball right away. C.J. Stroud is a perfect fit for him, right? Because Stroud wants to get rid of the ball quickly. He's not going to take off with the ball. I think Tank Dell, we've got to start considering him as a viable dynasty asset now that he was the eighth receiver off the board. The Texans traded up to get him. I, I love this fit. Absolutely love it. Plus, he gets to stay... In Houston, what's better than that? Yeah, uh, nice not to have to pack up all your bags. Yeah, yeah. All right, my last winner. For me, when we're looking at this rookie class, it's which guys gain the most value? Which ones were kind of just barely on our radar that all of a sudden now are in a situation where they could become the number one guy on their team? And for me, that's Luke Shoemaker, who the Dallas Cowboys selected. When we ranked our top five tight ends uh, just was it a week ago, two weeks ago, didn't crack the top five for anybody, but now he's being drafted or being ranked as the top four or five tight ends. And it makes perfect sense, right? The Dallas Cowboys picked him over Tucker Craft. They picked him over Darnell Washington. He's just not blocked by anybody like Dalton Schultz is gone. It's Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. And he's a far better athlete than those guys. Plus we've seen how valuable that tight end role has been over the last three years for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz has been a tight end one in each of the last three years. Whenever he plays, Shunemaker is far bigger and he's far more athletic. He's coming from a big school. The Cowboys spent a second round pick on him. He absolutely has to be on our radar now, especially in tight end premium leagues. Absolutely. And like, this is a team that, you know, was very aggressively pursuing the tight end position throughout the draft process. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're very diligent about, uh, you know, scouting the tight end position, having the tight ends uh, in for visits. Like we know that you're not going to put that kind of investment into, uh, you know, the, you know, scouting these tight ends, uh, devoting that much of your, your resources to the position. uh, If you're not going to, you know, make sure this is going to be a a potential key element of that offense, the draft capital is there. And, you know, I think again, the, the, Dallas Cowboys just they they know how to utilize the tight end position period yep. um and, and this is very boring pick but yeah it's a very boring pick right <laughs> well that and that's the thing is, but we went from somebody who was being ranked and drafted outside of the top five tight ends to now we can legitimately have a conversation whether he should be tight end four in this class behind Michael Mayer Dalton Kincaid and Sam, Sam Laporta because if you compare him to like Luke Musgrave Packers also took Tucker Kraft, which kind of hurts both of their values. Darnell Washington, again, went to Pittsburgh. He's going to be blocked behind Pat Fryermuth in a low-volume passing offense. It's not all that inconceivable to think that Luke Schoenemaker might be the most productive tight end out of this class as soon as year one. It really would not surprise me at all. I think it's fair. Uh, boring but fair, Marcus. And I, I, that's okay. There that's was... Enough. 
there were enough shakeups this year that I'll I'll take boring but fair yes. anytime. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, Matt and Ryan back tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday to talk about some rookie losers, some veteran winners, some veteran losers. Uh, tons of content coming out this week post draft. So make sure you guys are downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you guys next time.